Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is Access, Thrive, Graduate. You can learn more about our firm at www.compasseducationstrategies.com. Thanks to all of our listeners who are joining today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this program. If you're listening to a podcast of this program, we also want to thank you for joining in. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. You can also find us on Twitter at The Education Doc. We have a great show lined up for you today. I generally host the show on Thursdays, and if any of you are part of our Facebook community, you'll know that I've been traveling all week to visit colleges in Rhode Island. In one of my upcoming shows, I will talk more about those visits. It was a really great week because all of the schools were unique and offered their own vision for providing students a rich learning experience. I like to think of it as it's a small state with big opportunities in higher education. Today, our show will focus on a topic that is germane for families with younger and older students. I am often asked, how do I get my kid to focus more in school? My response is context-specific, and I usually have quite a bit of background information in making recommendations or suggestions. One strategy, however, that's grown increasingly popular in education is playing chess. When I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, there was an outstanding after-school program for children in grades kindergarten through eighth grade to learn chess. And so that was really my first introduction to chess. Students could learn chess in an after-school setting, compete in tournaments, and participate in summer chess camps. And then coupled with these after-school programs, there's been research um, that's been happening and released on the academic benefits of chess, such as improved problem-solving skills, improved critical thinking skills, and an expanded capacity to focus. So what's behind all this, and how does chess work? Joining me in the discussion today is Dr. Leon Wilson of Columbus, Ohio. Mr. Wilson is a master instruction of chess, master instructor of chess, I should say, founder of the Chess Learning Center and the Nightmare Chess Club, which I have three kids involved in, so that's exciting as well. The Nightmare Chess Club, by the way, is Ohio's premier scholastic chess team, having won numerous championships across the state and the nation. And then Coach Wilson is also head of the U.S. Chess Federation's Chess in Education Committee. And so we are honored to have him on our show today. Before we get started, I wanted to make sure 
that our listeners have our contact information. I know that there are listeners who are listening live, but oftentimes they may not call in with the question, so I will give the number anyway. It's 714-333-3356. And I always love to say that our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, but I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio, and actually, Coach Wilson is located in Columbus, Ohio. In addition to our call-in number, which is 714-333-3356, you may also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. I will take just a short break to get a drink of water, and then we will come back with Leon Wilson to discuss how to improve focus in the classroom through chess, and we will talk more specifically about the benefits of chess and what it has to offer. So just a moment. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I am back now to talk with Leon Wilson of the U.S. Chess Federation Chess and Education Committee. Did I have that right, Coach Wilson? How how are you? Yes. Fine. How are you? Very good. Yes, great. It's so great to talk with you. Well, you picked a very interesting subject, and obviously a subject that's very close to um, the things that I'm doing these days. So I'd be more than happy to share with you some of my thoughts uh, about chess and the importance of chess, particularly in younger kids' education. Okay, that'll be great. That'll be great. So if you can just start off by telling us a little bit about what is it about chess that is so influential for students to be better students? Well, let's break it down into two specific areas, okay? The learning process, how to learn, and then the thinking process. And I really want to distinguish between learning and thinking um, because learning has more to do with memorization. In a lot of ways, it has more to do with memorization. While thinking is more about the ability to come up with conclusions, come up with ideas, and then implement those ideas. So when we start talking about chess, chess is probably the best game for developing um, logic and precise thinking, precision thinking. When you play the game of chess, it encourages uh, patience, and you have to be sharp in terms of, of memory, Okay, the things that you've learned, i.e., I. the things that you've memorized, but at the same time, you have to have the ability to take that information, categorize it, organize it, and perform various operations on that information that, in essence, leads to the whole critical thinking aspect of things. Okay. And I hope that's making sense to you. That is. That is, and I'm sure it's making sense also to my listeners as well. What is typically a good age for students to become involved in chess? I, I get that a lot in terms of parents who are thinking about it. Uh, what's typically a good age? Well, there, I don't like to put a number on it. I don't want to say that there's a particular age mm-hmm. because it's really about um, the young child's ability to begin to grasp ideas. 
I would say that age would be when they are capable of knowing the names of the pieces and the movement of the pieces. Okay, then they are ready to begin to learn the game of chess. Now, whether that's at the age of five, four, I think the youngest student I've ever had is probably about three and a half, was close to four years old. Mm. And she had um, uncanny ability to simply um, know the names of the pieces and how those pieces moved. And that begins the process of learning the game of chess because the rules come later. The Mm -hmm. tactics and strategies become later. So mm-hmm. that's that's the key age. Okay, okay. Now, what about as kids get older? Are you seeing that some students are getting involved later on as they learn more about what chess has to offer, if their parents hear about it, or generally is it more young younger kids that are starting into chess? I think we're seeing younger students these days. When I say these days, I'm mm-hmm. talking about probably the, five, the last five to ten years. When I say mm-hmm. younger, I'm talking kindergarten, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, et cetera. Well, if you go back um, a couple of decades, let's just say the 70s, maybe that medium age of a uh, young person beginning to play chess might have been um, 10 or 11. And then as we move into the 80s, maybe it dropped from um, to maybe – eight or nine, seven or eight, those type of situations. But I think Mm -hmm. as parents begin to see the benefits of chess, um, specifically the the rationale, the the logical aspect of it, the decision-making process of it, um, they are getting their young um, chess players, or I should say children, involved at an earlier age. I think a lot of emphasis is coming from the parents themselves. And then you have a lot Mm -hmm. of school programs, whether they're after-school programs or um, something that's been integrated into the curriculum, um, these young people are being introduced to chess at a much earlier age. Mm-hmm. And that has tremendous amount of value. What are some of the um, school-based programs that you've seen in your experience, particularly the ones that are integrated? Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Um, yes. There is a major push and that's part of um, the responsibility of my committee at the United States Chess Federation to to bring the ideas and resources of integrating chess into the school curriculum. Um, mm-hmm. It's There's a lot of reasons why it hasn't happened at the pace that um, I think it should be happening at, and a lot of other people agree with that. And that's because of budgets and really a um, a source of chess instructors, chess teachers. Hmm. For example, there are a lot of teachers in the school system that simply, you know, really don't understand or know how to play the game, and they're intimidated right. by that. And I would say, no, that's that's not important at all. I think it's more important to introduce the game and let the kids take it where wherever it goes. In mm-hmm. regard specifically to inter, into integrating into the school system, it it takes a lot of work because obviously you have to have someone mm-hmm. that's competent that understands the game, and that can bring it together on a consistent basis. And what happens is as um, young people begin to play that game, it branches rather quickly because not only do you learn that game, once you begin to learn it and get a a solid knowledge base and understanding of the game, the next thing Mm -hmm. is chess tournaments, and they want to compete in the chess tournaments. And when I say compete, I want to be very cautious about that word because the competition that I'm referring to is 
how do I display? How do I show what I know? How do I test what I know? That is what I mean by competition as opposed to a a true sports-oriented competition where I'm going out to beat this person. I'm going out to win this game. Because as I say to a lot of my students, the, the goal of chess is checkmate. But what they're really striving for is to play the perfect game against a strong opponent. So trying to back up and come into it a little bit differently, what I'm simply saying is that um, getting into the school systems in a curriculum takes a lot more than just teaching it um, after school, or I shouldn't say after school, but in the school curriculum because there's so much more involved, so much more involved. And so in the areas, and there's a lot of research that's been been um, done and can be documented by going out to the United States Chess Federation and looking at mm-hmm. our website, which is the um, Chess and Education Committee. You'll see a lot of research out there. Um, we'll show you that those school districts, those schools that have integrated into their curriculum, um, those kids are doing very well. And when I'm mm-hmm. talking about integrating into the curriculum, I'm not just talking about having a chess program um, during school hours. But when teachers begin to take um, aspects of chess and bring them into the math class, the language mm-hmm. arts class, the science class, mm-hmm. um, what happens is when you get that true type of integration, you will see a significant um, increase in the cognitive skills of our of these young people. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty powerful because that's a lot of what, you know, many of the different strategies in education are about is having that cognitive influence. And when you can see those kind of results with through the aspect of a game situation like chess, that's a really powerful argument for why it should be part of the curriculum. So you talked a bit about families starting with their kids younger, what do you say to parents who may have older students, like middle school or high school, how do you get them engaged with chess, particularly if they've never had any exposure to chess? Well, a simple answer is just start playing. Start studying the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids that are inquisitive, um, kids that like the adventure, the challenge, the adventure of um, competing at the intellectual level, they will gravitate to it. It's never too late um, to begin to play chess, obviously, particularly if they're in K-12. through It's definitely not too late. It's finding the time um, to play chess because mm-hmm. you have a very interesting dynamic that takes place. Um, test, chess can be very um, time-consuming. But that's really? in a positive way. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's in a positive way. Because what happens is as you begin to sit down and you begin to think, truly think about opportunities and situations on the chessboard, um, you can sit down at a chessboard um, meaning to spend you know 10 or 15 minutes there, and it can be an hour later. Mm-hmm. Because the focus, the concentration, the what-if scenarios, well, if I do this, then what happens? Why not do this? What's wrong with mm-hmm. this? And then taking the time to do the research to, to find out why one thing will work and another thing won't work, that's very, very powerful. Because at that particular mm-hmm. point in time, it demands both 
inductive and deductive reasoning. Mm. And if you can begin to employ that, I don't care if it's at the high school level or junior high level, and begin to take that inductive reasoning skills and develop the deductive reasoning skills, I mean, that's just going to do um, uh, open a world of wonderment for these, these young chess players or these young students oh. as they move to higher levels of education, specifically college or um, you know, postgraduate work. You know, you talked about the chess board, uh, physical object. How do you compare that to using it on the computer instead, doing in, doing chess in a social setting, for instance, through one of the online games versus the board? Is there any difference in doing it that way? Yeah, I, there's a major difference, and I guess I'm going to try to break it down two different ways. Um playing what we refer to as over-the-board chess, where there are two opponents, okay? Mm -hmm. Or if you're just studying chess and you have a live board. The three-dimensional aspect of the board becomes very important because, again, we're going to go back to mathematics here. We're not only talking about the x-axis and the y-axis and coordinates, but there's a third and fourth dimension on the chess board. Now, it's still there when you're playing it on a computer in a two-dimensional environment, but actually being able to touch pieces and think in the multidimensional aspect is better for the person that's learning chess and beginning to train on chess. For example, um, I'm, I have my, one of my favorite questions is to ask a student how many squares there are on a chessboard. And they'll think and they'll say, well, there's eight columns and eight rows, so eight times eight is 64, and give me the answer 64. Well, that's not a correct answer. Technically, mm. there's a, there's 204 squares on a chessboard. Now, I'm being technical when I give that answer because what is a square? And what they'll begin mm. to see is that when you look at a chessboard, you can have um, spaces, the dark squares and the light squares, um, can form a square. But within that square could be a square, and there could be connecting squares. So they get mm. a different dimensional view, a different dimensional perspective of what a square is and how that square has a tendency to move or float during a chess game. Hmm. It's these type of ideas that, yes, you could see it on a computer in a, a two-dimensional screen, but it's a little bit more concrete when you hmm. actually use it from a, um, a physical chessboard with physical um, pieces. Hmm. It becomes those ideas. Then there are other dimensions. The knight, the way that the knight moves, actually is another dimension of chess. And right. when young people begin to understand that and then take that understanding, analyze it, and then be able to employ it and during the chess game, it becomes even um, more profound, and it raises another level um, of their understanding. Mm. And And then when you begin to combine it all, the physical aspects of the boards, the movement of the pieces, um, they quickly begin to understand that it's not about just capturing pieces. You know, queen takes mm -hmm. a queen or a rook takes a rook. It becomes more, yeah. it becomes positional. So that positional mm -hmm. aspect begins to be even more pronounced. And hmm. that's part of the understanding of every consequence, There, I should say every action, there's a consequence. Right, right. 
Now, you had talked a little bit about the time commitment for the students who are involved. Certainly one of the things that I've found in having my children involved in chess is that there's also a time commitment for the parents. And if you could say a little bit about that, because I think chess is one of those things that to be a real complete chess player in terms of tournaments, lessons, et cetera, it's going to take parent engagement as well. It can't be done all alone by the student, particularly K-12. Well, parental support in literally in any area, but since mm-hmm. we're talking about specifically chess, is critical. Mm-hmm. And it's it's yes, it is time-consuming. It's just not the general, well, you know, you have to um, get your child from point A to point B, whether that point A is the school or private chess lessons or whatever happens, but right. it's the time involved in tournament play. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, a lot of games, generally a chess game is what they call a G30, meaning each person has 30 minutes um, to make all the moves that they can possibly make. And that works out to be an hour. So mm-hmm. a game can last at the minimum about an hour. But mm-hmm. when you get to the the larger tournaments, the, the national championships, those games could last as long as four hours. And so when we talk about time commitment, now the parents need to find out what are they going to do with those four hours, whether kids are in there playing chess or even the one hour. And generally you play five games in a chess tournament, so you know that's five hours of chess and the in-between time. So, yes, there is a time commitment that parents have to be um, aware of, significantly aware of. And for those yeah. parents who do play chess, um, you need to play with your um, your young chess players. Mm-hmm. Just okay. that simple. So it, it can it can mount up, but the benefits again, it's a cost benefit analysis. Um, the benefits um, definitely outweigh the amount of time that you're you're going to put into it. Okay. I want to take just a quick break, and I want to come back with a question that we had emailed. So if you could just hold on a minute, I'm going to take just a quick thirty second break. Okay. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I am back now with my guest, Coach Leon Wilson. We're discussing chess and how to improve focus in the classroom through chess. So right before the break, I had mentioned that I had a question that was emailed in. This is from Joyce in Cincinnati. She says that my son is in the fourth grade and has never played chess before. I don't play chess, and neither does his brother. How do I get him interested in chess and find a group in my area? Well, fortunately for the Cincinnati area happens to be a fairly strong area for chess. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the best thing to do for anyone, and I'm talking specifically in Ohio, is to go to ohiochess.org, and you'll mm-hmm. see a number of um, coaches in this, that specializes in the southern Ohio, Cincinnati area, and um, you know they can lead you because the chess community is a very small community in terms of um, the professionals that are involved, and most of the time they're more than happy to um, you know give you the proper leads and um, individuals that can really get you involved. Um, Cincinnati holds one of the largest tournaments. Um, in the, in the country, called the Queen City Classic, and that's generally in April, 
um, the April time frame. And so I would definitely advise her to keep her eyes and ears open for that, and that's an excellent tournament to go see um, and meet like grandmasters are normally there. In general, okay. for people around the, the country, in terms of getting contact and getting connected, um, go to the United States Chess Federation, it's, um, mm-hmm. which is a quick search, uschess.org, and it's all broken down by area, um, by clubs. There's a host of information about the various clubs that are involved. So for your national listeners, I would definitely refer them to the United States Chess Federation and specifically um, Ohio-oriented people, ohiochess.org. Now, in regards mm-hmm. to getting uh, a fourth grader involved, it's basically as simple as getting a chess board and introducing um, him or her to the game of chess. Um, as a parent, you don't have to know how to play, but what you really need to do is just um, be able to either learn the names of the pieces and the movement of the pieces with them. And you'll be surprised that when he goes to school, um, there are other kids are there. So a lot of times chess is there in the school environment. It just needs to be pulled out by one or two kids bringing a chess set or talking to one of the, the principals or teachers um, about chess, and perhaps they can set something up during lunch or, um, you know, very quickly after school, and you'll be surprised mm-hmm. at how many kids will come out. Now, in general, um, a really good thing to do is um, buy a chess program. Chess programs are relatively inexpensive. We're talking less than $25, between $20 $25, and that mm-hmm. can be fun, too, because most of the chess programs, and I would recommend um, the Chess Master Series, um, not only can you play chess against the computer, but they have very right. good tutorials, outstanding tutorials, and that might be just enough incentive to get um, you know your young chess player started. Okay, that's great. We are right at the end of our show, so I want to thank you so much, Coach Wilson, for joining us uh, to talk about this really interesting and important topic for a lot of families as they're considering options that may not be your traditional options for success in school. We have some great shows coming up for you on the Education Doctor Radio. We will continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical for educational success. The Education Doctor Radio Show is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. Please listen for how you can join our online community where you can get announcements, show updates, and great information on K-12 education and college admissions. We would love to have you join us there.